0: Uh, I told him that the ambulance was on the way and that I hear it in the distance. And Laquan did not respond to that, correct? No, he did not. Uh, did you continue to hear the gasping or the gurgling coming from the body of Laquan McDonald? No, it uh, stopped shortly after. Did an ambulance arrive when you were on the scene? Uh, I'm not sure. I don't recall. And when you heard that last gasp or gurgling from Laquan, you then walked away. That's correct.
1: From WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune, this is 16 Shots, the police shooting of Laquan McDonald. I'm Jen White. Today we heard testimony from the man who was partnered with Chicago police officer Jason Van Dyke the night he killed Laquan McDonald. There was no audio or video recording allowed, but WBEZ's Patrick Smith and Chip Mitchell were in the courtroom. Chip, tell us about Van Dyke's partner the night of the shooting.
0: Yeah. His name is Joseph Walsh. He was a police officer. He was a 16-year CPD veteran. He and Van Dyke were out in a marked police SUV. Walsh was driving. Van Dyke was in the passenger seat. Now, for his testimony today, Judge Gahn granted Walsh what's called use immunity. It means prosecutors cannot use anything Walsh said on the stand today against him. And, Jen, that's no small thing because Walsh is one of three police officers charged with covering up for Van Dyke in a case that's separate from this murder trial. Now, one thing in that case, the conspiracy case, is that Walsh reported that McDonald had attacked officers with a knife. He even filed a battery report about it. And the police dash cam video that's very infamous in this case, it disproves that. Now, the city's inspector general eventually found Walsh made many false statements in the case and recommended that he be dismissed from the police department. Walsh resigned soon after that.
1: And Patrick, why was there no recording of his testimony today?
2: Well, we know that uh, several officers and former officers objected to having their testimony be recorded, and it's a safe assumption that Walsh was one of those officers. That's something that's allowed in the, the courtroom policy that, that allows video and audio recording. You're also allowed to turn it off for, for, for certain witnesses.
1: How did he describe
2: the night of McDonald's shooting on the stand today? Well, he testified that he had no knowledge of McDonald or the incident apart from what came over the police radio that night, you know, dispatches about McDonald having a knife, the fact that he stabbed a police SUV's tire and popped its tire, uh and that there had been a call for a taser. You know, he testified he knew those things, but he didn't know anything else about Laquan McDonald. That was something prosecutors were asking clearly to undercut part of the defense's strategy to talk about the past of Laquan McDonald, the fact that he was on PCP. Um, he also described arriving on the scene. You could tell that Walsh was really rehearsed legally um, with some of the language he used. He said that when they arrived on the scene, he reasonably believed McDonald was going to enter into a burger king with his knife. Walsh said that he did not want McDonald to hurt anyone, so they tried to cut him off with their police SUV, um, and, and and that's what sort of started the, their interaction with Laquan McDonald.
0: Yeah, and later their SUV is driving basically alongside McDonald. And in the video showing the shooting, you can see Van Dyke opening the door while the SUV is still moving. Walsh testified today he told Van Dyke not to get out because they were too close to McDonald. And Walsh admitted today he did not see any pedestrians on the scene, just people inside cars. So the two of them, Walsh and Van Dyke, they keep driving. Um, they stop the SUV ahead of McDonald. And Walsh admitted today that he could not see McDonald at that point because another police SUV was in the
2: way. So Walsh says he parked the car, he stopped the car. The two officers jump out. Uh, Walsh testified that McDonald ignored repeated commands by both officers to drop the knife. He said McDonald raised the knife above his waist and moved toward them. He actually at one point got down in the middle of the courtroom and acted out what McDonald did. He said he was swinging or flailing the knife. He said McDonald turned his body toward them and stared in their direction. And at that point, he actually stared right at the jurors to kind of try to show, how you know, I, I suppose how frightening McDonald was in that moment. Um, and, and he basically stuck with a story that when McDonald was 12 to 15 feet away, he swung the knife at officers in an aggressive manner. And that's something the dash cam video of the shooting does not show.
1: So I just want to be clear. Walsh insisted that the original story the police told is true, even though we've seen from the video, this is a video that's been shown to the jury, that you don't see McDonald swinging the knife. How did that come across in the courtroom?
2: yep you know prosecutors really pushed him on that they were playing portions of the dash cam video over and over and there was one point where the prosecutor said um... you know stop me when this video shows those actions that you're describing and and at a couple different points walsh pushed back really hard on that and said you know it's not in there because this video is not from the perspective that i saw this this is not from what i experienced so you're not gonna see it in this video he was clearly defensive and frustrated by by the questions
0: Yeah, and Walsh backed off a story today that that had been attributed to him, that McDonald, after he was shot down to the pavement, that McDonald was trying to get back up. Walsh said today he was in a position to shoot McDonald when he was on the ground, but didn't. And that's important, Jen, because Van Dyke keeps shooting after McDonald is on the pavement. You know, it's shot after shot after shot. And here's what Walsh said about that today. Quote, I was confident Officer Van Dyke did something to save himself and myself.
1: So if Walsh believes Jason Van Dyke did the right thing in the shooting, why did the prosecution call him as a witness?
0: Well, one thing is that prosecutors really want to drive home the point that no other officers on the scene opened fire, not even Van Dyke's partner, Joseph Walsh, who we heard today, who was standing right there.
2: And, and this was also a chance to show contradictions between police versions of what happened and, and the dash cam video. Um, you know, as I mentioned, the prosecutors had that moment where they played the video and said, stop me when you see him swing the knife or stop me when you see him move toward you. Uh, You know, we don't know yet if Officer Van Dyke is going to testify in this case. I think if he does, what we got today was a little bit of a preview of what will happen when prosecutors cross-examine him. And if Van Dyke doesn't testify, what what the prosecutors were able to do with Walsh is sort of have a proxy. It was a way for them to, to go out in front of the jury and show, hey, what the police are describing, it does not fit with this video. They were really trying to hammer that home for the jury.
1: So after that testimony from Joseph Walsh, prosecutors called a civilian to the stand. Chip, tell us about him.
0: Sure, his name's Xavier Torres, he's 26. Um, The night of the shooting, we're talking about 2014, he was living with his parents right nearby. He was sick that night and his dad was taking him to the hospital they saw all the police activity and they pulled over in their car. Jen, this is a witness we've mentioned in an earlier episode. He said he told officers on the scene that they saw the shooting, but that officers told them to leave. They did leave, and this is their story. After seeing a news report about the shooting, that's when they came forward to city investigators. Now, on the witness stand today, Torrey said he was not focused on the police cars and the officers, but he said what he was focused on was Laquan McDonald. It was right before Officer Van Dyke opened fire.
2: And during this entire time, you had an unobstructed view of Laquan McDonald? That's correct. While he was on his feet, did you see him make any threatening movements? No. Uh, After he's on the ground and you said you heard more and more shots, did you see him make any threatening movements? No, not at all. At any point, did you see him direct any of his movements uh, at any of the police officers on scene? No. What did it appear he was doing when he was walking southwest? Uh, It just, again, looked like he was trying to get away from from all the officers.
1: Also called to the stand today was Officer Adam Murphy. He's actually an officer with the Cook County Sheriff, not the Chicago
2: Police Department. Patrick, why was Murphy on the scene the night Laquan McDonald was killed? You know, he was working patrol for the sheriff, um, and he noticed a bunch of lights and sirens, a bunch of Chicago police officers go by with lights and sirens. He wanted to help out, so he followed them, and he, on the stand he described getting to the scene and seeing Laquan McDonald laying in the road. Did
0: you hear any noises coming from the body of Laquan? Uh, he was gasping for air and uh, gurgling. After you said strike that. What did you say to Laquan when you bent over? Uh, I told him that the ambulance was on the way and that I hear it in the distance.
2: We think the reason prosecutors put him on was so they could show this video that showed a bunch of Chicago police officers standing right by the body of Laquan McDonald doing nothing. And and you know, the fact that it was an officer from a different jurisdiction, not a Chicago police officer who even thought to administer aid or help out in any way as as Laquan McDonald was dying there on the street. Now, before I let you go,
1: I want to ask you about the protesters. We didn't hear much from them yesterday or today. What's happening there?
2: Well, there just haven't been very many protesters. Yesterday, there were about a dozen. Uh, Today, maybe about 20. Um, You know, Will Calloway, the the organizer who, who got the permit for the area right across the street from this courthouse, he's actually been in court for a lot of the time watching the trial. And yesterday, he said he wasn't worried about protester numbers. All right, Patrick, Chip, thanks a lot. Thank you. My pleasure.
1: 16 Shots is a production of WBEZ Chicago and the Chicago Tribune. You can find out more about the case at WBEZ.org 16 Shots. Check this podcast feed regularly for updates from the trial of Officer Jason Van Dyke. And listen wherever you get your podcasts. Now, more than ever, facts matter. That's why the journalists at the Chicago Tribune are committed to quality journalism, relentlessly pursuing the truth and providing you with the stories that impact your community, as well as your daily life. Get fact-based journalism and support the future of investigative reporting, like 16 Shots, by subscribing to the Chicago Tribune today. Visit chicagotribune.com slash 16 Shots for a special subscription offer just for listeners of this podcast.